count to three. Come with me and you'll be in a world of... Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. You have found Daniel Donato's Lost Highway. That lost highway. Howdy, y'all. Welcome to the Lost Highway Podcast. This is Daniel Donato, and I hope you guys are enjoying yourselves right now. I really do. I hope you're in a positive state of mind. Um, The spirit of truth is amongst us. The spirit of truth is amongst us. I've been thinking a lot about it. I saw a comedy show for the first time the other day, and um, it was at Zany's here in Nashville, and there were people wearing their masks. Uh, There were people ordering Bud Lights. People ordering chicken tenders, people snapping Instagram stories, and um, the whole thing was real. It was a real social event that I really have been craving for. I haven't gone to see uh, a live performance at all since since March. Um, I I love it. I miss it. And I'm glad to see that it's coming back, and I'm very happy about that. I think the the humans gather to see things that vibrate on our levels of enjoyment. We've been doing it for hundreds of years and maybe thousands, and we're going to do it for more. But the spirit of truth, I think a comedy show is very similar to music, uh, a concert. I believe on a level of intention, it is very similar to that of a concert. It is the wrangling of the energy of an audience. The The performer takes the whole room and they they, they, they lasso it in, right? So there are five performers. Um, Brendan Schaub was headlining. Theo Vaughn came on, and then three other uh, dudes came on. They were all sincerely funny. I just don't know their names. And the, the, I feel that this lasso in which we rope people in is is one of talent, right? And it's one of hard work. It's one of conviction, confidence, vision, true things. And I think you can take all these variables I just mentioned and, then, and just boil them down to truth. I think the truth is the soil in which these flowers grow from. I, I think truth affects the way that you stand. Truth affects the way you look at people in their eyes and the way that you say words. Truth affects everything that is within your scope of vision and also without. So to be grounded in the most truth possible will yield the best results. Easier said than fucking done. It's not easy at all. A vibration as a human that is close to as pure of a personal truth to that human as can be provides fruits of labor that stand against the odds. To seek out the truth is to invite it into your perception of your daily life. You need it on a daily basis. It's like water. Truth seems to be the ultimate leveler. Whenever I find that I'm more attracted to a piece of work, when I'm more attracted to a human, when I'm attracted to a performance, anything, a show, a podcast. It's because there's more truth there. I, I really think it is that simple. Yet also that complex. And if we're going to worry about anything in any moment, any place in time, odds are you could just use a dosage of truth to either be your soul solution or to at least provide clarity and light towards the destination of your day. Truth, beauty, and goodness are timeless variables, right? If you're trying to get something off the ground now or you're trying to stay on course with something, you're always going to need truth. Whether it was yesterday, tomorrow, a year from now, three, five, ten years from now, you're always going to need this. So why not try to carve out as much of it as possible? When I was at Zany's the other night and they made me order a bullshit cup of popcorn for $3 just so I could order a Bud Light for $7.50 a bottle, which is robber baron prices my friends i do want to support zanies and that's why i'm happy about it but that's fine 
the truth of the performances coming from the comedians made it go down better. I think truth wins. So if you guys can stay patient, stay persistent, and stay positive, seek that truth. Just like Carl Jung said, you can judge the depth of somebody's character by how much truth they can take. The more truth, the better. Y'all, keep rolling on, keep trucking. Stay cosmic. The thing about country music is that if you're going to like an artist, it's because you're going to like the tone that they admit from their voice and you love the stories that they tell, right? So things that are based in truth and the human element of a person. Caitlin Smith and these variables, she offers them in such a way that is so pure and beautiful, you can't help but be attracted to it. Um, she put out her, her second full-length record this year called Supernova. We talk about that on this podcast. We talk about how she goes about touring with her husband, who is also in her band, and how she raises her children on the road, how she got into music, how she pivoted during COVID-19. We talk about the stars. We talk about what exactly is a supernova. Uh, we talk about personality tests. It's really a phenomenal conversation that goes in a way that I was not expecting. And I love meeting people in Nashville that are willing to take that train ride with me. Without further ado, Miss Caitlin Smith. And here we are. Okay, beautiful. Uh, how are you doing today? What's What's been going on? I am so good. I am here in Minnesota right now and it just snowed a bunch. And so i um, just been enjoying that. Uh, I think we probably have like two inches, three Whoa. inches. That's yeah, not to like, and it's, it's sticking enough to like play around in. So my kids are pumped about it, but I'm, I don't know. I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> this is something that's very real. So like having grown up here in Nashville, we get four seasons and I think kind of emotionally, it's like, I really love the fall season, but there's something that is really depressing about winter. I, you know, I, well, I grew up in Minnesota, lived like 10 years in Nashville. And so what I appreciate about Nashville is like this, the fall in my opinion, the best season is like super long, drawn out. Mm. Same with the spring. It's like a long season, but like Minnesota, we, we get like blips of like spring and, and blips of fall, but then it's like mostly winter, which I, it, it's hard for me to stomach. <laughs> it's like most of the year, just freezing cold. <laughs> I mean, man, it's like, it's that, uh, so in, in my band, there's, uh, there's a the gentleman uh, named Nicholas Fry, who's from Iowa and he, always is telling us just kind of how ridiculous Nashvilleians are because we, we really fear the snow. And it, yeah. in Iowa, it snows for six months a year. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. <laughs> and it is funny, like, you know, living in Nashville after growing up in Minnesota, like if it snows, it everything like shuts down. Like you can't go anywhere. All the bread and all the milk is gone from the grocery store. And here in Minnesota, we're like, eh, okay, you know, you put the snow tires on your truck, <laughs> put the plow on, you know, there, there's hardier people, I feel like, in the north. So <laughs> man, I'll tell you what, that is that is absolutely a real thing. And all and all the touring that I've done, I don't know if you've toured Canada much, but it's just like little, yeah. <laughs> the, way that, the way that that culture embraces uh, weather is completely different than the way we do it in the South here. I mean, it's True. wild. So you know, <laughs> do you like Minnesota more than, than than Tennessee? You think? I mean, it's hard to compare. Um, growing up here, like I have such a deep love and connection and appreciation for for Minnesota. Um, it's so beautiful. Summertime here. Glorious. I can't do like Southern summers where it's like, 
so hot. You can't go outside. So right. I don't know. I don't, I feel like I appreciate both areas in difference. You, and that's <laughs> like, honestly, like, so the thing I think is like really fantastic is to like, there's this concept where I, I forget who said it. I think it's a guy named David Meltzer. I think it's, I think it was a, a fellow named David Meltzer. Or it was like a Deepak Chopra thing where he's like, really the thing that you have to do is like find a way to be positive in whatever environment that you're in. Like whether that's like a work situation or it's like a geographic location, um, just finding ways to enjoy where you're at presently. And it's like, I don't know, it sounds like you're doing a fantastic job. Up here. And you know, I mean, that's, that's so beautiful. And it's really like the theme I feel of 2020 is just really trying to like dig in and find those bright spots right. And, right. And, and focus your energy because it has been such a heavy, hard year for so many people. Like try your hardest to focus your energy on like the beautiful things or the sweet, tiny little things, you know, like I've, what I've learned this year is just kind of like just going really, really small. You know, I'm, I'm a dreamer, like I'm a big planner too. And so I'm constantly like future casting and like planning out my, my whole year. And so this was really hard and I've been really shook with like, now I can't like plan everything out. And so really learning to like go super small and enjoy the little things about today whether it's like making a great meal or just sitting and like putting my phone away and playing with my kid and just like enjoying that little moment. And so, um, if I can just take that out of 2020 and continue that, like, and holding on to that, you know, I feel like it could be a win. (laughs) How old's your kid? I've got two boys. I've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old. That's insane. Oh my God. It's so crazy. So it's really nuts. I mean, this, the the last four or five years of my life have, have been so very full, so very busy. Um, I call it a bit of a shit show. Um, but my husband and I just, we love adventure and we love to just make things crazier. Like, and so, you know, my husband plays my band on the road with me. We do it together. We've the kids. We've got a nanny that helps watch the kids while we're on stage and um, holds us all together. But it's so we're just like this traveling circus. <laughs> like, how do you actually like to work with your partner on a professional level? Really, is no easy task, and like that's something that I think a lot of people romanticize in kind of like that that Johnny and June kind of a way. But like. <laughs> really make it happen to really make it work like on a business level that is no easy feat i once um the first serious girlfriend i ever had uh honestly she's so unbelievably talented and she was um she was on the show nashville she's an actress on that show and there were several times i'd be on the show with her trying to uh, play or i would play on the recordings or we would tour with the nashville band and and go to all these like various like midwestern states etc new york city and wherever nashville the show was big and um it was hard. Like I remember there being a lot of like ego, uh, a lot of ego and, and, and weird like feelings happening. And obviously I was a child and I didn't really know anything when I was <laughs> 20. Um, not saying I know anything now either at 25. Um, but so could you speculate a little bit on like, is there any ego and how do you guys make that work? Like communication wow, yeah. and things like that. I'm so that, fascinated by communication. Yeah, and such yeah. a great question. I mean, I feel very, very grateful um, 
for my husband in general. He has, he is such a beautiful presence and a beautiful, like we are different in a lot of ways and similar in a lot of ways. And I think we balance each other out really well. All that to say, doing everything together is, is a challenge. So we, you know, we're married, we're, we're parenting together. Um, you know, and he, when we tour, sometimes we scale it down and it's just the two of us. And so he's acting as road manager and he's acting as like roadie and settling up at the night. Like, and so, you know, he, uh, he wears a lot of hats. And so I am forever like <laughs> so grateful. Sure. To him, but it is definitely like a balancing act of like, you kind of got to keep, so you can keep it moving on the road. You kind of got to keep like, not, not, you don't, we, we try not to stuff it all, but we, we just, you got to keep kind of a level of like, okay, you just said that, but I'm not going to dig into that right now because we have to play a show in 15 minutes. Do you know what I mean? And so right. it's a lot of like choosing the times because you're constantly together to like, okay, let's unpack that now. Let's leave that right now. And then also finding time on the road, which is a challenge to just give each other space. Come on. It's it's in any touring band or whatever, you need to figure it out anyways, but just honoring that in each other and like, okay, I'll take the kids this morning. You go get coffee and have like your quiet time. Like finding that balance is like super, super important for us. My gosh. And it's like, it's that kind of thing too, where it's like, I feel like the yin and yang is something that like, uh, I really, I've really been heavy into that thought lately where it's like, I can't think of anything in my life, whether it's a person, whether it's a gig, whether it's uh, any project or anything, like there's always a good side. And then, then there's a side that is you wouldn't expect and that you might not deem as positive. And, uh, and there's also unexpected positive things. And so it's like the concept of touring with your partner, that, <laughs> that is, you know, kudos to you. That is beautiful. How does the, um, like, how does that concept apply to you during COVID? Like what, it, what, it, what has happened to you that of course was terrible and shitty? Like your record came out on March 13th. We canceled a, we canceled a, like a weekend of sold out shows on that date. Um, you know, but what, what has been good and like, what has been bad? Like what's the yin and yang so far of like being about eight months into COVID? Yeah, totally. Okay. So maybe focus first on like the obvious, really hard shit of it all. <laughs> and so, sure. right. So March 13th record comes out, you know, as an artist, you put years of your life writing and recording and, and, and you put energy in your, and your heart into an album. And then to have it met with the Corona monster swallowing up any attention that it might get was really, was really pretty devastating. And all of kind of the whole country. Like, did that make you feel, I remember feeling small. Like I'm like, no one's going to care about me. Why would they like, I felt very small for sure that I can identify with that. Like felt really small and sad, but I think my immediate feelings went to like, we were on the road in Detroit. Um, when we got the call, like tours, the tours canceled, like you need to just rent a car and drive home to Nashville. And so I remember just being like, my kids weren't with me that, that weekend, like our kids were back at Nashville and just kind of freaking out. Like, I just need to get home to my kids and like, hunker down. Like I just like circle the wagons and like be safe. I think that was the first thought in my mind. And then it was like, it took a few weeks to unpack like the sadness of the music part of it. Um, because I think we were all initially just shocked and like, you know, freaking out. 
Totally. All that to say, you know, it obviously was like, it was, that it was met with a lot of difficulty and then a mourning process and then a, well, how the heck do we figure this out now? And so, um, you know, just kind of got creative with trying to, to reach humans out there with the music and, you know, a big goal of mine is really to just be a bright spot in people's life. And like, that's just what I feel like I'm put on this earth to do. If I can do it through singing, awesome. If I can do it through whatever, I, I just want to try and be joy for people. So my goal is to try to focus on that. Wow. Put on this earth to do, you know, I've been thinking a lot about that lately. Um, so my grandfather passed recently and he died in a way that I hadn't really like ever thought about like what's a great way to die, but he died in a way that was so beautiful. He died on a on a house that at a house on a property that he owned with his wife that loved him, and all of his grandchildren aside from us that live here in Tennessee, they live in Jersey. The the rest of the family, they were all going over to his house that morning to go and make wine with it, and it's like there's like no more beautiful way to go. Like you have like, and so I've realized like, okay, whatever shit I'm worried about at 25, like I got to at least try to put some of this aside and think like, what's the purpose of life? And definitely children are part of that. And then definitely music is part of that. And so aside from children, cause that we could talk about all day. Um, something I'm really interested in is, uh, is people who find their passion in music and they find their calling in music. People say they're put on this earth to do that. Do you remember like what it was when you're like, yeah, this is why I'm here. And like, this is why I feel justified doing that. Do you remember that? Was that a moment? Was it like an epiphany for you or was it kind of always around? I mean, it was like, I feel like kind of a slow, like slow opening of the present of music in a way where... Right. I kind of feel like I, when I first experienced it, like, um, my mom played a little piano around the house. My dad played a little guitar. And so I remember just like, this is really cool. This is really special. Like watching my dad, like sing an Eagle song. I was like, wow, this is awesome. Do you remember which song? Take it easy. Yeah. We talk about like, have you heard Glenn Fry's son sing that song? No. It's unbelievable. So we were listening to it the other day because Vince Gill's in that band now, as everyone knows. Yes, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, like Vince Gill reminds us all that he's the Hercules. And it's like, um, but Glenn Fry's son sings that song and like he sings it just like his dad. And he's like my age or something like that. And I realized like, man, like a song that timeless, it's not Glenn Fry's song. It's, it's our song. Oh my gosh, I got chills when you said that. <laughs> it's so true, right? Like that song really is, um, you know, it's a, it's, 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 its own life form. And, you know. Absolutely. So the I mean, that, you know, all of those like beginning songs that are like deep, deep, deep in my brain and in my bones, like Somewhere Over the Rainbow, that was the one where my mom would play. You're like, that's like a song that transcends like any like what <laughs> where is that uh, song? Israel Kamanukua oh, is that the guy's name um the guy the, the guy who remember the guy who broke our hearts years ago with that ukulele cover of that song oh my gosh yes so good what it doesn't matter who wrote it it doesn't matter <laughs> it, it's just the singer is the messenger of that of that world totally, that totally. and as a songwriter now um 
you know, we, we go years, years, years after those like formative moments. And like, I just kind of like, you know, wait for the day where I could just kind of like open up and be that vessel for maybe that song that can transcend, you know, um, that's, that's what I wait for. <laughs> Man, I think I really like, um, it's really funny now. Cause I feel like the market tells us like, what's really good. We're like, even like when, when you and I were first consuming music, you're talking about those basic levels, like those basic songs. Like my nine-year-old sister, like on TikTok has a whole different process on how like the first 20 songs that are going to hit her are going to be way different than... Right. And it's like, that's kind of cool because now it's like, we like nothing's being fed to us that that is like, you know, that we can't just say no to. Like the truth can really like travel fast now. Like some kid who like lives in Arkansas can have a viral video and that could be a a hit song for a second. And it's like, I kind of love that. And it's like, it seems like people like, it's like a long way of getting around this. It's like, it seems like certain songs are like beamed down. Yeah. It doesn't even seem like they wrote, like if you listen to some John Prine songs, you're like, man, he just like tuned in that day to something that's really special. And I feel like that way about like Eric Church and, and then, you know, especially like, you know, um, what's the song that, uh, I don't know if you're a big Brandy Clark fan at all. Oh, she's unbelievable. Yes. Like, um, who you thought I was. Which record is that one on? I think that's off her newest record. Again, I'm a moron, so I, I don't know a lot about records, uh, about like, t- like a which... I feel like she's, she's tapped into something, though, as a writer. Like, she's one of my new... Fav- We've just started writing this year, and she's one of my new favorites, for sure. She's tapped into something, too. When I listen to Brandy, I'm like, oh, my gosh. She's, she's an old soul. I love that. You call it old soul, yeah. <laughs> old soul's a weird thing. That's <laughs> a weird concept. People have always said I had an old soul. And I, I, as I get older, I don't know. I want to feel younger as I get older. <laughs> yeah. I want to have a young soul. It's kind of this weird contrast. I love that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Though? I don't think having an old soul is a bad thing, though. It's usually a tribute to, to like a compliment. Like, wow, you're really deep. You're really like tuned in, plugged in. I don't know. You know more than someone your age should know. I feel like that's what it kind of... God, I hope so. I hope <laughs> maybe my soul, maybe they're just saying like my soul has arthritis. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know who's really tapped in, in my opinion, is um, who just really is, is Ashton McBride. Oh God, she's so good. I can't. Like, I've been watching her play since like I was... I'm from Nashville, so I I started my like my career by busking down on Broadway when I was 14. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! And so <laughs> Ashley was I've seen Ashley gig downtown and like you know take shots like of tequila at like one in the afternoon and just like <laughs> and it's like crazy and it's like to see her like I remember like not being super effective when I saw her then, but then got a chance to tour with her for like 30 something shows. Um, in 2018 and man it was like it was really like a transcendent performer who like through each night through each room through each market through each you know piece of like a uh, of garbage that life had to throw at us that day with sound check etc um and herself included she always delivered and she always transcended um i have i don't know if you've ever worked with her or collaborated i've not got she's on my like bucket list of of humans that i want to sit in a room with for sure and i'm i'm such a fan um 
It will happen someday. I know. I see it. <laughs> vision, right? What are your thoughts on vision? And because and, you're talking about how you project big plans, et cetera. Yeah. Like, so plans are obviously very like non lit, like very literal things. Like I'm, I'm doing this on Tuesday at six. I feel like vision's more abstract. And the thing that's crazy too, is like, you can totally see the difference in artists that really like develop vision on their own accord and the ones that do not. Um, And it doesn't relate to the sex, the, like the success of them, but just definitely like in the quality of their, their delivery. It's so Um, true. I mean, I think vision is one of the most important things, even as, humans. Okay. We even back away from the music industry. You know, if you don't have like something that you're like chasing toward or a goal that you're working toward, like, and you're just kind of floating, right. like that can be really, really hard. Or even a vision of like, you know, cause your thoughts control your feelings. And if you're like, if you're not continually having like those, like true, positive, beautiful thoughts, then you're going to feel like crap, you know? And so like, I I just, I just attribute vision as like, that's like literally one of the most important things besides like love, besides like loving your like brothers and sisters all around you, like vision for, for your life, whatever you're doing, music or not. Have you ever like pursued something that wasn't music as a career? Uh, as a career, uh, I've always pursued music as like, that's like how I want to make money. I think, I don't know, maybe because I don't know how to do anything else, but, um, <laughs> you know, and so for me that it was a vision, music was my vision since I was like probably 13 years old. And I started cold calling venues and I was like, I want to do this for a job. This is so cool. Like, funny. At 13, you were cold calling venues. <laughs> I, I guess that that thing, that that purpose of music unveiled itself to you. You're talking about how it's kind of like a slope. It's an opening present. That happened before you were 13. So you must have been really young when you found purpose in music. Yeah. And so, well, yeah, we kind of like skipped ahead a little bit. But, you know, to continue unwrapping that present, I mean, my parents played a little. I started singing my first solo, like in church. And, and I remember like people being affected by it. Mm. I remember people saying like, wow, this is actually like, you're strangely actually good at this. And I remember like, Oh, that's kind of fun. And doing that and then getting like response from people like you're affecting me and, and feeling like, well, that's cool. And so the more, like I wanted to do it more cause it felt good. It felt good to like connect with people and move. People. Magic. It really is magic. Like you're going to tell me I- I'm just going to make a noise from my mouth and it's going to make yeah. you something. Yeah. You're crying right now. Cause I just sang a song. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm not crying. You're crying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so cool. So that, I mean, that was part of the unwrapping the present. Like the more I did it, the more I realized like wow. I was pushing into it. Like, this is cool. That's I love insane, man. Do you remember like what it, what, like, so you sang, you grew up in church, like doing that whole thing. Um, do you, do you remember what song it was? It was like an old hymn. Like, a, or like a the very first song was, it was a Christmas song and it was called the, the way in a manger. It wasn't a way in the manger. It was like a different version of it. Oh, I'm um, like the way in the manger, no crib for a bed, like a different melody. Oh, it's beautiful. I, it was very beautiful. So anyways, that was the very first song that started it off. <laughs> was that the key of G sharp? <laughs> mm. Oh, my piano's out of tune. I think, well, C sharp is the one. Go C sharp. Okay. 
Oh, close. Close. <laughs> I love that I'm right here. I could check it. <laughs> My gosh. Yeah, that's like, you know, that's so funny. Like the thing that I've always found, like um, the people who get into music by realms of like the spiritual world of, of, of doing it in church or doing it like in like the hymnal like approach, like that always seems to like manifest in ways that are like really true. I got into music like in a way that's not nearly as like um, tried and true as that. Like my thing was like a guitar hero when I was 12. Oh, that's awesome though. <laughs> it's, it's worked out in nice ways, you know? And I, I definitely fear, feel a spiritual connection. Like as I get older with music and I try to explain it, like what it is to myself, like what it is. It's like there's definitely communion with something that is not of this earth like when you're performing and there really is a room uh tied in to get, like you can't quite explain what that whole deal is so it's kind of beautiful like how we can come at it come at it from like guitar hero you come at it from church right. like we still kind of arrive at the same goal in the same place like it's, it's so true i mean it really it's the same it trans it's it transcends it's the same gift that everybody's opening it's this gift of music that it's this language that we can all speak and understand and like connect with. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> Isn't that an insane? You know, I was reading um, an interview of yours earlier and the person who was commenting on, on your, on Supernova, which is your latest release, uh, aside from Supernova Deluxe is um, they were talking about how COVID changed the light of the project. And I definitely like shrugged my eyes because it's like, well, yeah, like COVID changed the light of, of like every musical project. <laughs> but, but the thing that's really fascinating to me is like to hear people talk about like um, how, like to hear it from the horse's mouth. So it's like how it applies to, to us is like when we put out a record in August, it had a John Prine cover on it. And then like literally just last night, John Prine's camp like reached out after, you know, months after his passing back in April, they're like, we just heard this cover. Um, this, you know, everyone's loving this and this is really beautiful and we thank you for the notion. Oh. And I'm like, my God, like you're telling, like I would never have expected on March 13th that, you know, John would have passed and that yeah. the record would have came out and, and, and then that the people who are working at Oh Boy Records and, and who are, you know, who are close to what he was doing would hear it and then that the effects of COVID would make them feel a certain way. It's, it's really heavy. So, you know, you putting out, putting out the songs as a collection with supernova and then supernova deluxe and then COVID changing everything. How has it like personally affected your perspective on the project? Oh, wow. That's, I mean, that's a meaty question because, um, this, I mean, the song specifically, some of them take on new meaning. Right. Um, like I was saying before, also when I think of the project at a whole, like it is like, tainted in this COVID light of this is my COVID project, you know? And so there, there's a sadness when I think of the project. Yeah, totally. Because I feel like it's not, it hasn't been, you know, I, I think of the, the front of the album and it's like this back bend and it's this open expression, you How know. You do of How do you bend your spine? Like a lot of yoga, a lot of yoga. <laughs> so is body yoga different than like, um, like, uh, like, I'm, the only yoga I'm familiar with is like Kundalini yoga, which I think is like a sexual yoga, which I'm not. I don't even know. 
I'm not even into it. Like, apparently, no, this is just like straight up like hot yoga, a lot of heart openers. We're doing like kind of back bends. But for me, it was like that, that was a, a such a beautiful visual of like, you know, physically like opening your heart and open and sharing it with people. Right. Because I feel like that's a lot of what this record was. Mm-hmm. And so it's like this open, like beautiful project. It's just like, also met with like just not the fullest expression that I imagined of how it would play out is so there's some sadness wrapped in it but then also beauty you know there's there's people that have found this album and it's become like their like uh warm fuzzy sweater during this like weird year in a way where I've gotten messages of like my husband and I are sitting we're drinking wine and this this song has become like our our lockdown anthem and so like i never would have planned that or thought that which is so cool um and so i mean and it's also the piece of like not being able to play it live for people because i think it's part of the process as an artist like you you put your work into the record you release the record mm-hmm. and then you tour the album and so you're going around and you're sharing and you're connecting with your fans and you're sharing that it becomes everybody's music in this moment right mm-hmm. and so there's part of that with this record that is missing that it's almost like i'm not really getting to go sit in rooms with people and share these songs together mm-hmm. um, Wow. Sharing something over the screens, you know, as in 2020, we're all sharing, <laughs> living our best Zoom life, but, but that piece is missing. And so, um, it's a, it's, I'm, I'm conflicted about how I feel about it. I'm, I mean, it's, it's met with sadness and gratefulness. Um, but it also feels like an incomplete, like, I don't know. <laughs> you say you put work into the record, uh, something that I truly learned about myself is, um, is 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 one thing in a in a big way, which is um like for the process for for me to put out a record, I had to have like played the songs live several times. Yeah. yeah. Um. So was that part of this process for you? Um, a little bit. Uh, I played I played some of these live and tried some of these out. Um, writers rounds in a, a thing in Nashville where you just kind of right. go out and you play them acoustically. I feel like that's that's been a really great gauge for me to see how songs hit. Um, yeah, totally. Really, so it's some of them, yeah, it was a process of like trying. You, it's like you're trying a pair of pants. How does this song fit? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Oh my gosh. Definitely my favorite pants. Like I have definitely shifted pants during COVID. Shifted pants? I have shifted pants. I have pants that like I'm in the Carhartt like work pant mode. You know, it's like super baggy and like <laughs> the like the impressive like Nashville um, Monday night whiskey jam jeans are like not a oh, vibe. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm I'm like full on living that like yoga pant mom life for sure. Is that weird to see yourself turn into like I see it all the time? Like I turn into stereotypes. Like you turn into stereotypes. Stereotypes are not bad in certain in certain regards, like because they're real. Um, So it's like that's funny that like you now you're a mom that wears yoga pants. I know it is funny and I, I like to fight it and like put on lipstick and like get a little rock and roll every once in a while to just, you know, 
shake it up a bit so I don't fall fully into that. <laughs> the funny thing too is like, I thought about it like on stage, like sometimes I'll see myself, I'm like, I'm like, man, like there, how am I going to look at people on stage and like try to be a person on stage anymore? <laughs> like I'm literally wearing the same, I'm wearing Birkenstocks and sweatpants. Yeah. <laughs> like what's going on? Like, how am I going to be on stage? Like, I love it. I was just thinking today in the shower about Prince. This is weird. I was like thinking like, what is, what would, what did Prince wear just on like a day he was chilling at his house? And I'm like, I bet you Prince wore his show coat clothes all day long, every day. I like to imagine that. Like he's eating breakfast, but he's in his like velvet suit. Maybe. <laughs> so yeah, you know, he get, he like spills cashew milk on it. And then it's like, a, it's just a, oh, he's like, oh shit, it's ruined. <laughs> or his like cat rubs up against his like real nice suede pants and gets it off. I don't know. I like to think about that. And, and I'm like, okay, maybe, I, maybe no yoga pants today. Maybe I need to channel a little more Prince. I don't know. That's a real thing though. Like definitely like, um, that was something I really, really learned once I started touring full time when I was, I think 20. So about five years ago. So it was like, man, like you really got to like it, you're you when you're to, when you're a musician, there's a certain a, 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 like embodiment of a character that you are. Yeah, you know, because you kind of have to like shift the mental zone in order to deliver something that's um, transcendent. You know, and it's funny how much clothes actually play into that vibe, and it's funny like how much like lifestyle, like like exercising, and and uh, you do yoga, right? So things like that, like really play into that lifestyle. And the thing that that really terrifies me about COVID is like. I want like um I feel like musician Daniel's rusty. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. yeah. Well, because when you're constantly like hopping on a stage, putting on your best character version, it's like you're you're constantly like you've got what like reasons to show up all the way, right? All the way. You've got to show up all the way, mentally, physically, like throw on the sequence in the bell bottoms, baby. Like you got to show up With COVID. Right. You don't even need to wear pants, right? You can wear your Birkenstocks. Like you're not fully showing up to the, the character. And so I don't know. Yeah. It is weird. It's trip, right? Strange. <laughs> like, I feel like it's like going to like really change the way like we approach performing. Yeah. You know, in, at least in some way, like I loved Eric Church's, um, uh, did you watch ACMs last night? I missed it. Yeah. I, um, I watched some of the highlights. You didn't miss too much, to be honest, uh, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely, like, Eric Church's speech is, was insane. He really thinks, like, um, which I believe, it, he's such a hero. It's uh, Music's going to be the thing that really um, brings it back. I feel that. At least in America. Do you ever... I, mean, I got chills. I, I immediately just, like, thought of, like... You think of festivals. Think about the first time you're going to be in a room, a crowded room of people listening to your favorite artists. Hmm. I think everyone's going to ball like a baby. <laughs> it's going to be heavy. Have you gotten the message yet where it was like, hey, you're the last show that I saw? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. And I'm like, my God. Like, that's like, that freaks me out. Like, I'm the last show you saw this year. Oh, my gosh. Like, what? Like, what a responsibility. I know. My gosh. I know. Oh. That's insane. Uh, were you told, so you, you were on the road, what, and, and uh, you were opening with, what was it, I think, Little Big Town? 
Little Big Town, which was amazing. It was theaters. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful shows. I was. Gonna I feel like I got like a couple months of 2020 that were like, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> we started out like guns. It was like the Kentucky yeah. Derby. It was just like yeah. I'm, I'm like like a racehorse with blinders on. We were like doing fantastic, and it was like. Right. Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where were y'all? Do you where, where were y'all when uh like when the call happened? Yeah, we were in Detroit. We oh. my husband we had flown up there, and um, my husband and I were the only ones on the plane wearing masks, which is a trip. My he my husband took it very seriously. Like he was one of the early early like this is gonna get bad kind of guys. Good. He was right. I mean, and he was like, we're wearing our masks and nobody had them. It was so weird. But I just remember like, it was like slow motion. I remember sitting at the bar, drinking a martini, the TV's on. And like, we're not, we're not really talking much because it just feels heavy and weird. NBA's canceled. Tom Hanks has COVID. Like, we're like, this is like a bad movie. This is horrible. Tom Hanks. Martinis. My manager calls. He's like. I'm so sorry. Like everything's canceled. <laughs> what? Go home. Get a rental car. Be safe. Oh, see Wait that. for further instructions. It was like, what? holy shit! Are you serious? It was so like I need to write that down because oh, it's so trippy. Do you write? Do you write journals? Do you do that kind of thing? Yeah, sometimes I get like you know back and forth. Sometimes I'm really heavy into journals, and then most of the time I. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You, got, you got life you got kids and yoga to do. i know i got i know <laughs> man my agent uh doug at at william morris we were on the phone probably i'm i think on march 13 we were on the phone eight times that day god where were you in the world so we were in um richmond virginia and i okay. we were in richmond virginia and yep. It was wild. So Sturgill Simpson and Tyler Childers had like a sold out show that night, I think like 20 miles away. And those are my heroes. Like, and uh, so they canceled their show because it's a, you know, it's an arena. And uh, we are, we're, our session's going to run out. Let's log out and log back in. Is that cool? That's cool with me. Yep. Okay. I just updated to the newest version of Zoom. <laughs> Zoom so strange. I just like... That looks sharper. <laughs> yeah, now all of a sudden you're like your 1081p. It's just yeah. like you need more. Right, just one. <laughs> one <pay> more. <laughs> I wanted to ask about um I wanted to ask about some of the aesthetic that like I noticed that you use a lot. Like so like um everyone that follows me like knows that uh they like prescribe to Cosmic Country, which is like this is like um it's like an approach to country music that's more with like a jam band element. But like aesthetically, like it's very much like it's like tie dyes and Levi's and um, space elements. And your setting is so cool. Like uh, it's just ridiculously wild. And I, I wanted to like ask like, so like looking at Starfire and Supernova, like there's red. I noticed is like a big part and like uh, you play with light in like, like these dark ways. And then like looking at your Instagram, uh, your IGTV series where it's like very much like that cool cosmic backdrop. I wanted to just kind of ask like what inspires your aesthetic and like your approach to um, approach to that, uh, to that concept. I love that. Um, I don't think I've ever been asked that. I mean, I, I'm obsessed with, right. This, I'm obsessed with the stars. I'm obsessed with like, right. Trippy. Like, like, I mean, the record's called supernova. Cause I like, 
can't even handle that that's a real thing in in the what world and the universe super, like aside from oasis like what really is is super is supernova like i don't even know what so, that is a supernova is by definition you look it up on wikipedia it is the final moments of a star it's like its fullest expression like before it dies before it dies before it dies so it's like a star burning out but it's the brightest most beautiful like most intense crazy expression of a star can we think about like the ridiculous irony that's involved there where where we're all about sad being dying but maybe the most beauties to be found that See, that's what I have chills just talking about this. I mean, that's why the whole idea came about was, you know, I was watching my little kid playing in the backyard and and thinking like this life is moving by so quickly. And like kind of I just started writing this song. It turned into Supernova and then writing these tiny little vignettes of like that make life so sweet. And then I brought it to my friend Amy Mayo and we sat down and we got this picture of a supernova. And we're like, what is that? Like, let's talk about this. We were on Wikipedia, like, and we saw, like, it's a fu- the fullest expression of a star. And both her and I are, have been, obs- like, we, every time we write, we end up, like, talking about stars or crazy shit in the universe. Yeah. So anyway, we see that, and it's like, okay, this is the fullest expression. Like, what a perfect picture of, like, how we should be living our lives. Like, in this, in the brightest, beautiful blast that we possibly can be. And so that is... Da, da, da. that's supernova i mean and, and it became the record title because you know all of these songs are like their own little blasts of human emotion like their own their own little supernovas in a way so oh <laughs> i i love some metaphors and like that is really beautiful <laughs> that's astounding <laughs> that's really astounding i love that so you're you're definitely curious with the with what's going on up there Start. absolutely yeah like i feel like when i when I kind of take in something that's so grand, like the stars, like when I, you know, you know, looking at telescope pictures and things like that, or even just standing at like at the top of a mountain being like, what the heck? Like, I feel like it, it does this thing where it makes you feel so small. Yeah. But in not in in a way that is so beautiful. It's not like I'm just so small and insignificant. It's this way of like, right? Wow, I have a chance to like. I'm like breathing and living and loving and feeling and like I have these humans in my life. Like it, it, it makes it shakes me into my humanity in a way that I can't quite explain. And so that's why I mean that's why all the star images because it's like wow. when I kind of take that stuff in, it just makes me want to like. I don't know. Like put it all out. I don't know. <laughs> it really makes you want to shine and be you. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, my God, like, th- so how crazy is that? Like, so when we think about, and I have so many friends, like growing up in Spring Hill, like Tennessee, the hour south of Nashville, it was where the Saturn plant was. And it, it's a hardworking blue collar town. So I have a lot of friends that got married at 20 and they're having kids now. And yep. They're in $200,000 in debt and they're working a job that they hate. And I have a lot of friends that are doing that. And it's like, listen, like if you think about it in the sense of like, when you confront the things that obviously make your mortality real in front of your eyes, you always want to lean into the thing that you love doing. Right. It's so true. 
So it's like, why don't we do that always? Like, do you ever think about that? Like, I feel like us, the, in, in people who pursue music, not all of them, but the people who end up making a dent and, and creating a fan base and, and creating a community of people that they can communicate to, we're kind of crazy. Right. Like, like, yeah. like <laughs> kind of crazy. It's like, it's wild. Um, but you're just leaning into doing what you're doing. But do you ever think about like how like literally crazy it is? Like it's an insane thing to do to like go and pursue a career. And like, it's, it's actually wild. <laughs> it's, wild. <laughs> it's just you being you, right? I'm sure you don't ever think about it in, in too much a heavy detail uh, deeper than that. I don't, I don't dwell on it too much, but I do know that it is weird and, and, and special. And, and I mean, I like, I love being in Nashville and like fully embrace that community and like adore that community. But I think it, I think a big reason, like why I love just coming back to Minnesota and being here too, is like, um, I can get out of that. And you know what I mean? The monotony of like, we're all in this weird music industry together and it's fun to be in a community like that, but it's also fun to like step away. (laughs) You have to, right? Like it kind of like refreshes your, your approach to the craft. Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. Did you find that there's like a great connection between maybe conceptually between Supernova and and Starfire? Like, because a lot happens in those two years, right? Like, so you had a child within those two years. Yeah, totally. So you grew as a woman and you grew as a partner and then you grew as a, as a performer. And so is there, is there a connection there that was intentional? Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know that I was going to like, I'm going to write Starfire and then it's going to be another star themed record. Like I'm just, I didn't like uh, intentionally like write Supernova with the thought of like, that's the next step. Um, It just naturally happened where the song, the song Supernova fell out and kind of this set of songs I started kind of like pulling together. And I was like, well, this is like, this is what this feels like. It's like Starfire was this and Supernova feels like even more of an expression, like even like the next step. So Wow. It wasn't intentional, but I feel like maybe subconsciously it was in there somewhere. <laughs> Man, the subconscious can be really loud sometimes. Yeah, it's true. So right. that's so funny. So Supernova happened. It fell out, as you say. Might have, yeah. And then that started reality for an entire project for you. Right. It was one of the first songs I had written for the, for, for the record. And it, it definitely was like, okay, here we go. This is the cornerstone of the record. This is Do you write better when there's pressure? Oh, I don't know. It's hard to answer, right? So you'd like the, to tell- it depends on entirely on the scenario and what it is. Right. I I like I was saying before, live for those days where you just show up. Of course. And the song like takes an hour and it just kind of falls out. I feel like those are the best songs, the most true, filterless songs, right? It's also the songs that I find perform the best. Yeah. Like not only like uh, perform metrics wise, but like perform stage wise. Yeah. They just feel like, yeah, for sure. hundred percent. It's a very real thing. Wow. How do you approach the craft of writing? Like um, in this time that is. Yeah. What's, what's been your process? Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of subscribe to right when the pandemic started, lockdown happened. Like I just wanted, I need to stay busy. So I was like, I just need to stay creative. So I just like approach it like anything else, like working out, like eating healthy, like I discipline. 
And so I made my, my publisher fill up my calendar three to four days a week. And I just made myself sat down, even though I wasn't feeling like writing, I wasn't even writing good music right away. Like when all this happened, I was like, I just need to show up. And so, you know, I'm also like, I realize when I get burned out and tired that I need to like fill up the tank again. And so, you know, listening, I listen, I've been listening to a lot of like older records that make me feel kind of nostalgic. Um, I feel safe in a very uncertain time. Sure. Like filling myself up with like that kind of music or like old movies that I like, like can also help me create as well. And so... But just well, showing up is the bottom line, right? Showing up's huge. Like you, <laughs> showing up really is huge because the thing of why you need to show up is when you do get beamed something that is really fantastic, you know what to do with it. Right. You know how to handle that hot pan kind exactly. of. It's so true. And like, sometimes it's just getting like, right. getting your like gears turning so you, you can get those rhymes out quick enough or the or, you know, I don't know. And I also find when writing a record, hmm. that, like I'll write probably, you know, I think for Supernova, I maybe wrote 70 or 80 songs and then whittled, whittled it down. Like I'll write like, a lo- I write a lot of songs in a year. Sure. And so, but I, I can kind of see like themes like, oh, this is my like bluesy jam vibe. There's, I've got like five of those. This is my like power ballad vibe. Like, and then just like, I'll kind of write around like a few similar circles of vibes. If that makes sense. Circles of vibes. (laughs) That is really cool. I like that a lot. Do you think, um, do you find that you're known for certain circles of vibes over others? Oh, um, I feel like if, I don't know. It's hard to like assess yourself, <laughs> but I feel like people, I mean, people know me for like the soulful, like, yeah. Hey, I'm the chick of the guitar. I'll get down on my knees. Like, whoa, like I can do the soulful girl. Yeah. But then I also like, am like the, the, the tiny, let's just go me and a guitar, like, and rip your guts out with this lyric kind of girl. So I don't know. I kind of do. Those are kind of a couple circles that I like to sit in, which wow. is very yin and yang, I feel like. <laughs> that was literally the, the thought coming to my mind there. It's like, how funny is that? It's like, and that's so true too. I'm like, a Gemini. So that makes sense, right? <laughs> I'm so bad at horoscopes. Everyone like... I mean, it, I don't even know what it means. I mean, it means that I'm like split personality or something. <laughs> oh gosh. So there we go. <laughs> Every time I say I'm an Aries, everyone goes, Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you don't even know me. Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> I know. My husband hates that shit, too. He's like, No, I'm not sure. I'm not like, I, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I think, like, I don't know how you can think it does, like, over like someone's actual. Have you ever taken like a personality test or anything like that? Yeah, for sure. I like that stuff. I think it's cool. Uh, I'm like ENFP hundred percent. Like that's what does that mean? Um, it's like extrovert and like, it's just uh, Myers-Briggs. I think it's called the Myers-Briggs. Is that what it is? Myers-Briggs is really cool. I like the Myers-Briggs. Myers-Briggs. There's a man, everyone that's having a hard time in COVID needs to get a personality test. So you can understand like how you interface with reality. You don't know. Totally. Like my God. has it been a deep dive year for you? Have you felt like it's been really like self-reflecting or have you felt like mostly you're just float, like trying to keep your head above water? What have you been, what's the vibe? 
So the way that it's been for me is that um, I've, I've tried to stop lying as much as I can. I started with like the biggest thing that I could do, which is try to adhere to truth wow. as much as possible. And I found that I was lying to myself a lot. Oh, yes. We all do though. Well, you have, yeah, you do in some ways kind of have to. Right. Um, but I really like have stopped trying to lie. That's and amazing. It's Aren't, there's like nine ways you lie to yourself or something like that. Fill me in. What are you talking hold on, about? Hold on. I got to like look this. I got I don't want to say it wrong, but things like, like, you know, some people discount the positive, right? Oh, is that long? Um, yeah, I can see uh, that. Or some people, oh, what's it called? Fortune telling, which is um, you make up why, you know, this person isn't calling you back. Well, you think that it's because like that, and you're just lying to yourself. You're just making shit up. It's not even true. Like, I am not. Uh, that's insane. Anyways, it's I. I read this book on that sent on that sentiment uh, called "Feeling Good," and it talks about this cognitive oh. behavioral therapy. Right. And it talks about so it's even just that knowing those ways that you lie to yourself, like help help you to not awareness or realize it's awareness, right? And it can help you be honestly happier when you realize. Oh, this is just a thought that isn't true. And it's making me feel like garbage when really, if I just told the truth, I wouldn't feel like garbage. <laughs> like, would it, if you're going to pay a price for everything you do, so you might as well pay the price for the truth over the price of the lie. Yeah. Like, that's just the way it goes in oh, life. Totally. Like, Absolutely. Oh, feeling good. That is one of the, like, that's like one of the entryway books in, in, into, that, into that realm of thought, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I, so are you a big are you a big reader? Is that something that 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 you I'm do? really good at starting books? <laughs> you don't have to finish books, man. I know that about myself though. I know like I'll read until it's like, oh, that's the that's about enough of that. <laughs> and so I'll get the information that I that I want or I need in that season and then that's my husband, it makes him crazy though. He he'll read like sixty books a year. He's like a big reader. Oh, so, I'm like a year. That's like a more he's than a week. Audio book that. So whatever he's doing, sure. Whatever he's working on, uh, there's a book in his ear. Which is no, awesome. I'm I'm very much so on that train of like hyper efficiency with time. At least trying to be. It's like it's definitely real. Do you think? Um, so I noticed on your uh, on your is it called Lonely Together? Yes. Yep. So. That endeavor at its root is definitely what I'm trying to do with this podcast. And I talk to a lot of people who are in music, but a lot of people who aren't. And I'm trying to find like these similarities of like, what is it that like just a successful mind um, thinks that that can be applied to any realm? And, and we can wrap up with this, but it's like, what are some of the points that you've gathered from that experiment that you've had? And it's like, you've had Bobby Bones and um, you've had Cam. Uh, did I see Tennille Towns on there? Yeah. And like just a lot of, you know, great figures that are, especially female figures that are in the, in the country music realm right now. And it's like, you're saying some admirable stuff, like really beautiful and a well thought out dialogue that you had with them as well. So what are some of the things that you learned from that experiment? I mean, it's, it's been so much fun. And honestly, that whole series Lonely Together has been a, such a bright spot in this year that I never would have done had this not happened. So, right. um, and, and just being able to pick people's brains and just like, so, so it really circles the series circles around like inspiration, creativity, and being inspired by people's stories. And so, you know, the, 
the red thread or like, I feel like most people that I've had on their stories, like, and, and honestly the hero in any good story that, or movie that you love, like they come up against adversity. Yep. They come up against struggles yep. and just figure out a way to keep going. And it's really, love, and they, and they power through, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, just when you thought you couldn't, like you had, Ten dollars to your name, and you're sleeping in your car. Like then, all of a sudden, you get offered a record deal. Like I feel like it was like I, there's so many stories like that of like of like it, especially with when it comes to dreams with it, which a lot of the and art and art and creating. Like we, I'm a songwriter and a musician because there's nothing else I'd rather do. Like it's the only thing I want to do. And so, like when you are passionate about something. Like being able to literally like put your last dollar on your last ounce of energy into that uh, to push through everything. I feel like that's so important because, um, you know, with great risk is great reward as well. And so, um, I don't know. I mean, it's, I think I've interviewed like 25 people. And so it's just like, there's a lot, there's a lot of knowledge. Um, one of my favorite interviews with, was with my dear friend, Mary Steenburgen. And, and we talked about her acting career a little bit, but we, we really talked about her writing career. I didn't even know she wrote uh, Mary. There would be no curb your enthusiasm without Mary. She's mad, right? (laughs) She is a, okay. She's a magical actor, but she's a magical songstress. And like, she's one of my favorites. We like, we won a critics choice award for one of the songs we wrote together. We actually, we tied with Elton John, which is pretty cool. Are you serious? Uh, which is pretty, that's like one, one of my exciting things. But Mary, but the cool thing that I learned from Mary, and I love this, is like, she found this pat. She's always had this passion, but like, she was like, you know, in a different phase of her life. Like, she's like, I'm on the last half of my life. Like, you don't start a new career. She's like, couldn't get it out of her brain. Like that, she just, everything was songs. And so she just decided to, to, to go for it and do it. And everyone was like, you're crazy. I also feel like people saying you're crazy means like, maybe you're, are you onto something? I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. But I love that she's like, you're never too old to like, just go for it. What? I also love that. Like speaking, because I also feel even like, I don't know. I'm like, in my, I'm in my thirties and like, I feel like I just got to stick on this path. Well, you don't like, that's another lie that you don't have to listen to. Like you don't have to, you don't have to. No, 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 no. You get what? hundred years. If you're really, really lucky. Yeah. And I just say like, yeah, finding those things that you're passionate about that make you happy. Like you got to just do that. Why not? Here's like, I really, why not? Because like, you don't even know why you're doing the things you're not passionate about. You're just doing it because you've come up with a reason as to think this is why, but you don't even know the ancillary details that are happening outside of your knowledge that could be affecting your life in a negative way. Right. Yeah, man, that's so real. It's so real. Well, that's beautiful. Well, hey, thanks for the time today. And uh, Oh my gosh, I could talk to you for hours. This is so much fun. <laughs> we didn't get a chance to touch too much on I Can't, but like, my God, I really love that song. It's on my running playlist and it's like... Oh, thank you. That's a real I mean, thing. Yeah. To speak to that song, I Can't, really quick. I mean, that Wait. song, 
is really, I mean, it's a song about change. And I thought of the idea as I was driving by downtown Nashville, you know, I'd lived there for almost 10 years. And like, I am not the same person that I was, thank God, when I moved to, to this city. And, you know, that, that did not come without a lot of growing pains and a lot of hardship. Um, change is a very hard thing. And so, you know, I had this idea of looking at the sky, this, this city that I used, that I used to know, and now kind of seems a little unrecognizable. Nashville, you're so different. Um, but it's like, it's an exciting thing and it's a beautiful thing. But, but like when you turn in personally, change is exciting. It's beautiful, but it's like one of the hardest things that we do as humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I can't really is. It sounds like a heartbreak song to some, and to me, I'm, you know, always trying to break up with the parts of myself that don't serve me or don't serve other people. And so, and sometimes it just feels like you can't. <laughs> beautiful. Oh my God. What a songwriter. I love talking to other songwriters. Cause it's like, <laughs> there's that song capsule concept where it's like, it, what, are, what are the two lines that like make this song? And it's like, that was the most songwriter-esque way to end that. That was so perfect. That was really beautiful. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, truly. It's great too. That's astounding. And it's really, just the, the recording, everything just hits really beautifully and like all the YouTube versions. It's astounding. I can't wait to see you play it sometime. Ah, uh, thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me, Daniel. I love talking and hopefully we'll see each other in person. I would love that. I really would. Yeah. Safe travels wherever you go. And I I wish you and your family well in this, uh, in this time. I'll talk to you all later. All right. Take care. Supernova by Miss Caitlin Smith. Oh my God. Go stream it yesterday. Go buy it today. Get in tune with what she's doing. Follow her. See what she's up to. She's a fantastic mother, fantastic human to talk to. And more importantly, a fantastic artist. Oh my gosh, she just puts out the truth and she means it and she performs it. It's beautiful. I'm a big fan. <laughs> I listen to I Can't, her song, pretty much every day when I'm on my on my run. So uh, the music we're listening to today is uh, Chet Atkins, Jerry Reed, Cannonball Rag, a fantastic version. We listen to uh, Everything to You by Caitlin Smith, a solo banjo version, which I love. And uh, we were listening to a 1978 version of Bertha uh, by The Grateful Dead. Uh, if y'all dig the podcast, please do indeed leave a comment. Leave a comment and subscribe. That would mean the absolute world. And stay supportive to us on Patreon, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, everywhere, man. Join the Cosmic Country Club on DanielDesigner.com. Holy shit, you haven't done that yet? You are just sincerely missing out on some stellar weekly emails that I type in this very studio. Y'all stay patient, stay persistent, stay stay positive. Most importantly, stay cosmic.